lesson from the first letter of St. Peter the Apostle. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, chosen uh, and destined by God the Father and sanctified by the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and to an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be re revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer various trials, so that their genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, which, through per which though perishable is tested by fire, may redound to the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the powers of death shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The saving words of the gospel. Well, here we celebrate the feast of the Cathedra of St. Peter. The Cathedra of St. Peter, as a, as a matter of fact, at Antioch. Because let's remember that Peter... Um, after the ascension, uh, one of the things that Peter did was go off to Antioch and found the church there. And so Peter was bishop in Antioch uh, before he went to Rome. And so there were once a celebration of the cathedra, the authority of Peter, the authority of Peter to bind and to loose, the authority of Peter to teach, to govern and to sanctify, symbolized by the chair that they would sit in. And this is an ancient thing because the ancient rulers, when they were doing something official, uh, they would sit and, as they would teach, uh, the same, as, they would, as they would make their decisions. Uh, so too with teachers, they would, they would sit. And uh, so we have the Feast of the Cathedra, and there was once a, a feast on January 18th, of the Feast of the Cathedra of Peter at Rome, and then, of course, today, the Feast of Cathedra of Peter at Antioch, his previous see. And John the 23rd got rid of the 18th of January feast, and they kind of got fused together. But today, the 22nd of February, uh, really historically is the commemoration of the chair of Peter at Antioch. Um, 
the um, reading today is, uh, of course, uh, what one might expect. Uh, it's the Matthew 16 when the Lord um, renames Peter. Now, whenever God renames someone, uh, that's a very special moment, like when he renamed Jacob Israel or when he renamed Abram, Abraham, Abraham. So there are there are very important. It's a very important moment when God renames someone, and he did that. He brought them into this out of the way place. One of the things that was a great advantage, a great advantage, was the opportunity just before the wall of COVID came down on the world. Um, it actually kind of hit when I was on a, a pilgrimage with some people in the Holy Land. And uh, we were on a traditional pilgrimage, so it was only the Old Mass. And uh, we went to all these very famous places. And one of the places that I was particularly eager to see was Caesarea Philippi, because, you know, we might go to the shore of Galilee, and they can say, well, this is where um, Peter met Christ for the first time, or we might go to the Jordan River and say, well, this is where the Lord was baptized. Well, maybe, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It might be, you know, 50 yards that way, or it might be a little way over there instead of right here. Although, you know, people's traditions, traditions that get passed down, we shouldn't ever really discount them terribly. Well, you know, because they, more often than not, some evidence turns out that they were right all along. Nevertheless, there is no question that this place is where the Lord was with his apostles and that what then what we read of here took place in that spot because what is the what is the place where they went well in the ancient city of Caesarea there's this Philippi there's this huge stone that dominates um, the whole area it can be seen from from far off and at the foot of this rock there are the remains of an ancient site dedicated to uh, the fertility god Pan, which is a terrible demon god, a horrible god. And at the top of the rock, there was there were the remains of the temple to the Roman god Jupiter. Then there's a mark, there's a big crevice in the rock, and out of that rock would sp sprang one of the sources of the Jordan River. Now, there was later an earthquake, I think, that blocked off part of it so that that, that water course would, uh, would eventually change. But at that time, this was one of the tributaries, one of the sources of the Jordan River. And so you can see what the symbolism of this is. And this is where um, the Lord affirmed Simon as the rock on which he would build his church. And it, it's kind of interesting that right after that, the Lord makes um, a prediction about his death and resurrection. You, you remember how this goes, I'm sure. Um, the Lord started to, to tell his apostles that he was ha going to have to go to Jerusalem and suffer and be killed. And Peter took him aside. And the, the scripture actually says Peter took him aside to rebuke him, to rebuke the Lord, saying, God forbid, this shall never happen to you. And the Lord answered very sharply, 
get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not on the side of God but of men. You are a hindrance. Some translations have that you are an offense to me. Uh, the Revised Standard has hindrance. The old King James Version, the Protestant Version of the Bible, you are an offense to me. But if we look at the Greek, the Greek is skandalon. Skandalon. You are a skandalon to me. And this is where we get the word scandal. A skandalon is a stumbling block. Something that you trip over. Something that blocks your way. Um, there is... Uh, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't actually mean a piece of rock, scandalon. It means something more along the line of a trap or a snare. However, in the first letter of Peter uh, that we heard from today, but uh, in, in the next chapter, um, the word scandalon appears together. Uh, to get again, but together with another phrase, it, it appears together with a synonym of scandalon, which is proskoma, and that's a stumbling. So there's a stumbling. Peter, First Peter two talks about a stumbling, stumbling, but the second stumbling, the, the proskoma, is together with the word lithos. Lithos, which does in fact mean stone. It means, so that is a, there's a, the phrase lithos proskomatos, and also the rock of offense or the rock of hindrance or the rock of scandalon, Petra scandalu. So we have Truly, the, the word scandalon, together with the word Petra, in 1 Peter 2, along with lithos, again, rock, of stumbling, proskomatos. So, it's interesting that, that Peter, in this Petrine letter, we have that image doubled up to two different words for stone in Greek, and two different images for stumbling. When the Lord at Caesarea Philippi wheeled around on Peter and called him a scandalon, you're a trap, you're a stumbling block for my foot, because you're not thinking like God thinks, you're thinking like the way you want to think. And that's not how things work around here. We do things according to the way um, God has planned. And so immediately after having called, changed Peter's name to Rock, and he is now going to be the rock upon which he builds his church, he turns around and calls him a rock of a different kind, the kind that he's about to trip over. So here we have the vicar of Christ, the one whom he has just made vicar of Christ. His own vicar is almost immediately called a stumbling block to the Lord. And I think we have to keep this in mind uh, as we look throughout history and we look uh, even on into our own times um, about how those who, even uh, those who can hold a high office, nevertheless can be 
obstacles to the true work of the Lord and to the true um, nature of Jesus' church. And we should take heart um, when we even think about that because we know that the Lord said also that the gates of hell would not prevail against his church. So no matter how bad her leaders are, no matter how bad her priests are, her bishops are, her popes are, it's the Lord's church. And though we might not maybe at times being stumbling blocks for people, for the Lord himself to come to others, nevertheless, this church does remain does remain the spotless bride of Christ. It does remain indefectible. It remains apostolic. And we can take great heart that no matter what vicissitudes of life and circumstances, both from within the church and from out without, she might even shake her foundations. Those foundations, nevertheless, will remain strong because of the promises of Christ.